0: Welcome back to another episode of Kate and Isaiah Living Large. I'm Isaiah. And
1: I'm Kate. And
0: on this episode, we are joined by Jesse. And we're not saying his last name because I don't want to. <laughs> He's like Cher. Uh, yeah, but, I'm very <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Welcome to the episode. Thanks.
1: Thanks. <laughs> we're, we're super happy, happy to have we're super happy to have you here. Mm-hmm. And uh you've had an interesting journey in the last little while, but before we talk about that, is there anything going on with you, Isaiah?
0: Um, let's see. It's Feb this comes out February 7th. I will be my first day in Utah. So, we'll see what's going on there. I'm excited to to go traveling some more. You know, we just did my travel update episode like last week. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll be in Utah. What's going on with you?
1: Well, February 7th, I am coming up on my Punchlines gig, which will be this Saturday, February 10th. And so that's kind of a big deal. It's like a big stage for me. I If you haven't gotten tickets, maybe they'll be sold out by then. But if not, get your tickets to Punchlines. It'll be a great local show headlined by Brad Rice, who is hilarious. Um, and I'm also going to be there. Um, <laughs> and we're coming off our big foray into the media i don't know if you caught us last month on cbc and on global news it was pretty exciting times i know right
0: (laughs) we are we are going to be famous
1: we're recognizable in the street now
0: (laughs) but let's get into talking about jesse jesse why don't you introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself
2: oh well i like shirts that are this color that's why (laughs) i wear them Hey, for those uh, was, of you on, I was going to get a haircut for this appearance too, but there's no point in lying to the people and pretending that I care what it looks like. So, uh, yeah, no, that's about it. Blue shirts and no haircut.
0: For those of you who are listening and not watching, it's a blue shirt. Oh
2: man! Yeah.
0: Specifically, a pool liner blue shirt. I believe you referred to it as.
2: Yeah, well, it's one of those shirts that makes you think water is blue when obviously water is clear, but. It is what it is.
1: <laughs> and now, Jesse, you moved here from Ontario a couple of years ago. How many? And uh, you started working at our favorite place, Big Tide. I did. And uh, and that's how Isaiah and I met, of course. It's our origin story for most of our friendships, in fact. It's true. Um, and first of all, what were your impressions of New Brunswick so far in the last couple of years?
2: Well, uh, I was originally planning to move to Nova Scotia, but at the time they still had the uh, the travel passports that you had to do to get into each Atlantic province. And the border was going to be open between New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, I think, July 28th. And I was going on vacation July 31st. And so I didn't want to have anything happen where that border was extended for two weeks. And so then I would have had to do a bunch of different passports. So I just said, I'm going to New Brunswick. Did a little bit of research, found that Moncton was hub city. I was like, oh, that place sounds pretty cool. So I planned to go there, got to Moncton. Got bored. Sorry, Moncton. Either it just (laughs) wasn't for me or I didn't see what was exciting. And so I continued my trip into uh, Alma and Shepherdie Bay. Came through the uh, Fundy National Park. And coming over the Harbour Bridge and seeing the whole uptown area would just really blew me away i hadn't seen anything like that moving here from ontario which is just concrete and highways and trees and people from ontario might disagree but (laughs) when you move furniture for four years in the entire province that's pretty well what you see (laughs) so uh st john was really cool and then i visited every bar i think in a couple days and big tide was the coolest one in my opinion ours too Uh, so i i spoke to Chris, and he said he might need help in September if I wanted to let him know when I was back. I let him know he hired me and we're two and a half years there now. So,
1: so you mentioned that when you were in Ontario, you were moving furniture all the time. So generally, and to, to describe for people who are just listening, you're a fit guy. You're a guy who's parlayed uh, uh, into the workout scene off and on through the years. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your workout journey in the last decade or so?
2: dang well the workout journey for the last decade so the first eight years was moving furniture and eating as much burger king and convenience store food as possible because a lot of people move to rural areas that you know if you don't pack a lunch well good luck you know unless you go and kill that squirrel you just saw right there there's not many food options especially when you're on the 401 all the time so it was a lot of burger king i mean i was moving furniture and i was strong i was also about 230 i think at my peak i was 239 but we were moving pianos we were moving filing cabinets that the doctors and dentists didn't feel like emptying so they were you know full of files we moving multiple pianos a day sometimes because we were much cheaper than real piano movers so (laughs) uh really just consuming as much as possible and moving as much as possible and not working out at all until i got here okay in the last two years um doing a lot of research, but not putting any of it into practice because I tend to get overwhelmed. And I understand why many people's fitness journal or journal journey ends very quickly, because when you get online and you start doing research, and you're seeing, do you want to do high intensity interval training? Should I be doing steady state cardio? I want bigger biceps. Well, should I do bicep curls? Should I do preacher curls? Should I do rows? Should I do chin-ups? What am I supposed to be doing? What are my essential amino acids, my macros, my micros? What it's just, there's so much information and there's so many people giving you different information that it, if you try to put it into practice right away, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to get demotivated and then you give up is what i did with many personal projects in my life yeah so this time i said forget it i'm gonna do all the research first and then continue doing research once i have enough that i'm comfortable putting it
0: yeah i, I definitely want to get back to that in a second but i want to ask you before we get to that um over covid did you feel like i know a lot of people gained weight throughout covid because of eating habits and not doing as much what about you did you find the same thing
2: Nothing changed for me because moving furniture was, well, I wasn't moving furniture at the time. I was doing house moves and we all, I think, know what happened to the housing market during (laughs) COVID. So I was like a super ultra essential service. There was absolutely no chance of us being shut down and the restaurants that we went to weren't shut down. So nothing changed for me for COVID at all, except, you know, wiping less because of a toilet paper shortage.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but washing your hands more, I hope. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, because no
2: toilet paper, so gotta use something.
1: <laughs> that took a turn. Well then. <laughs> um and then and then the move to New Brunswick, you weren't moving furniture anymore. Uh although you do have a physical job, it's not nearly as physical as moving furniture. Did you find a change there?
2: I lost a bit of weight before I moved here, so I was 230 in Ontario, and when I got here I was about 217. But working at a bar and discovering that I could get after-great after-shift drinks at cost, thanks to the generosity of Chris, uh, (laughs) it was really hard not to drink three, four, five, six mugs after work. And with the amount of restaurants that were open past 11 midnight, one, so um, I did end up getting at least 10 to 15 pounds heavier over a bit because i would get drunk and then go eat a plate of nachos and then when i got home order pizza if the pizza <laughs> place was still open so
1: yeah I, I have a distinct memory actually of you uh deciding you were going to start something and then ordering a quesadilla one night and just devouring <laughs> it in under three minutes and then the next day i was like man you went to town on that quesadilla and you were like damn it, I ordered a quesadilla and I (laughs) ate it? I was like, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Many,
2: many. There was one time where I remember I was talking to you at Big Tide. It was 6 p.m. And then it was 1 a.m. And I was lying in my bed. And beside me, unfortunately, wasn't Caitlin. It was a bag of Tim Hortons that had three roast beef sandwiches in it. So not only did I get so drunk that I didn't remember what I did, what I did was I went to Tim Hortons and ordered four roast beef sandwiches, ate one, and the other three were in the bag beside me in bed when
0: I woke up. That sounds like an interesting night. <laughs> so, you know,
1: and you know, we kind of we laugh and joke about these things when we hang out because, you know, it's like, oh, I uh, got drunk and I ordered a whole pizza that I devoured myself or whatever. And I didn't remember until I saw the pizza box the next day. And we've had many conversations with that. Like, I think I've sent you texts or my doorstep <laughs> going, I succumbed to the Domino's order again. <laughs> and, and, but until it adds up, and, and I, and I, we've talked about this is why well, you're on the podcast. And, you talked earlier about all this research you had done. How long did that research take you?
2: It, I really started doing research, I would say, February of 2022. So we're coming in on two years. And it wasn't because I wasn't in school or doing this for a degree. I was doing this for fun. All I do for fun is research and essays and then publish none of it so that it's zero profitability to me, just for myself. (laughs) But it wasn't like I was going home and doing four to six hours of research every day, it would be one day, okay, I'm going to go to the food data central website and look up bananas, and I'm going to see what are the protein, the carbs, the fat, the fiber, the calcium, magnesium, everything, go through everything. Okay, cool. I found out what is in this one food. I'm done. That's all the research I need to do today. I don't need to go wild with training and changing my diet. I just figured out what's in. Me. I will do something else tomorrow.
1: And, and you mentioned school, you're a learned person, you have a master's degree. So research is something that comes relatively natural to you.
2: It is something that I spent six years being trained specifically how to research, why to research, to take hundreds of information sources and compare them to see what's what's valid, what's not, what's controversial, what can be applied. And one of the biggest issues that I had, and also I think people might have in general, is taking the time to test it for yourself. You can have professionals, you'll have professionals say, don't do bicep curls. You'll have them say, do do bicep curls. You'll say, oh, eat carbs, oh, don't eat carbs. If you cut out everything that every diet says cut out, you're sitting there with an empty plate and you're a skeleton in a box. And if you eat everything that they say eat, I don't know, something bad's going to happen for sure. So it just, the, the biggest, the research takes the time, but the bigger time consumer, which is hard to commit to is testing it out, testing your body. Does this food work for me? Does this exercise work for me? Is everything I'm reading even applicable to my body?
1: So So when did you start executing?
2: I guess I fully started executing at the end of August last. So So August
1: 2023.
2: Yeah, August 2023. So my uh, my father came to visit me. We did a whole loop of the Atlantic provinces, took the Cat Ferry to Maine, and all we did was drink and eat and Mm -hmm. laugh and have fun. And when he went home, I decided, okay, this is this is the time this is ridiculous getting out of hand i know too much to not be doing any of
1: and and before we go into execution and how that all worked out how are you feeling about yourself in that year two years three years when you're heavier than you'd ever really been um and then you're living a lifestyle that was fun probably for a time but like how are you feeling it was a blast. (laughs) the um,
2: I'm not gonna it's when you're reflecting on it it's kind of if you if you reflect on maybe high school or your young life you're like oh I got so drunk I it's like it's fun to remember that it was a blast but you make a shift in your life and now I'm not going to do that but I would never say I was I was miserable I wasn't I would look at myself in the mirror every so often and think yeah, that's that's more coming out from under my chin and jaw than I would like to see. Or that's oh, I I used to be able to see part of my abdominal muscles and now I really can't. So those nagging self doubts would come in here and there, but I was way too drunk and stoned and full to <laughs> say that I was having a bad time. Yeah, really.
0: Yeah. When you were, you say that like you what actually came to making you make the change was uh your father doing the the traveling stuff uh was there anything prior to that that kind of like you were nagging and you're thinking about it and then you that that led you into the the traveling and then all of a sudden you were like eh, okay now it's time or
2: uh yeah so february february 2023 my mother's husband inexplicably got diagnosed with stomach cancer that nobody had seen in the months of tests before. And so he kind of, he went from an inch taller than me and a little bit heavier than me to dead in four months. And so, you know, watching him lose 60, 70 pounds, when you see that come off somebody who's 6'3", it's just a complete shock. And then the next month, uh, my grandmother died, who I was extremely close with. I lived with her actually she broke her hip in 2019, so I moved in with her. And when I was about to move out, COVID happened. So I ended up living with her for two months or two years, sorry. And my grandmother would smoke a carton of cigarettes inside every week, and she would drink a 40 of brandy, Saint Remy, cognac, every three to four days. She was just an absolute beast. I have no idea how she lived to 83. <laughs> she could drink and smoke. Everybody in this city under the bus, under the table, and then just still wake up the next day and hope for Columbo that night, <laughs> but then she did succumb to it, obviously, and so that was, yeah, watching her drink and smoke herself to death, and then going home and it was a little harder to have a pint and to smoke a cigarette or to you know smoke weed and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right, My grandma just died from this, so maybe maybe I shouldn't be doing it. that's
1: that's eye opening. So February, you hit the ground running. Tell us a little bit about what you did and where it has netted out so far.
2: Yeah, so the uh, research continued and uh, the the first thing I did was cut out the drinking because I knew most of my overeating was from being drunk and saying, yes, I will eat that whole pizza itself. And there, <laughs> there was a time where. I was sober when this happened, but I drove to Papa John's on the west side and ordered two pizzas. And this is when I was living at Fallsview Terrace at the corner of Douglas and Chesley. Between Papa John's and my apartment, I ate one of the pizzas because I hit every red light and the pizza smelled delicious. So (laughs) it was like, okay, well, I'm eating. Like I'm sitting at this intersection for three minutes. I'm eating. And that gets obviously compounded when you're drunk and when there's a pizza place open near you. Because I live uptown, everything's within walking distance. You, know, right. you, have to be, you do have to get pretty heavy to not be able to walk. So I figured I had some... Uh, so cutting drinking out was the, was the big first step. When you're, when you're conscious of all your activity, it's, it's easier to assess it from a state of mind that you might not normally have all your capabilities
0: yeah and i mean the sugars in uh alcohol too are definitely a compounding right. thing as well the
2: carbs alone yeah and then carbs going to bed on a stomach with 6 8 10 12 beers all those carbs are just immediately being converted to fat because you're not burning them off and they don't right. stay in the body and you excrete some of them but most of it just gets put in the body for later and fat obviously serves a good role it's where you know where disease is put and where it's kind of fought and it's where stuff that the body can't deal with right now gets put away and then it's it's dealt with over time. But uh, yeah, it, it piles up way quicker than you think. Yeah,
0: for sure.
1: Do you know, it was and it just a, uh, an interesting aside. Is when I stopped drinking as much beer as I once did. And I've talked about this before. I actually had to drastically increase the amount of water I drank because I used to consume and because beer while it is not the healthiest thing in the world, it is largely water, I was so thirsty that I just was not consuming the fluid that I was used to consuming. And I really had to increase the water intake through the day, which is a better choice, but it was crazy to think like that much beer was compensating for actual water.
2: Right. Well, and even the volumes, when the, the, the age old thing that isn't really a thing, but drink eight eight ounce glasses of water. Well, that's 64 ounces. That's three 20 ounce glasses. So, if you drink, if you're used to drinking 10 beers a night, 10 times 20, that's 200 ounces. And then you go from drinking 200 ounces of fluid to 60, right? Your body's thinking, this is crazy. Like, you can't. No, I drink, I late since August, I have been drinking a minimum of four liters of water or tea or something almost every day. I have a water filter that I fill and I know it's been four liters when it's empty and I drink water at work. So I, yeah, getting back the fluid that mm-hmm. you were using with beer is, is.
1: And so, you know, you've increased your water intake, you've reduced the alcohol. I have eliminated it completely, right? For the most part? Yeah. yeah. And what about food?
2: Uh, food for the most part was cooking at home. Uh, and doing so. So then food and nutrition also becomes consumer scrutiny. Now I'm I'm comparing the price of peas and bananas at no frills, at Costco, at Superstore, and it might be cheaper at Costco, but am I going to eat 12 bananas before they go wrong? So I'd rather spend the extra 10 cents a pound somewhere else if I know I'm going to eat them all. So with food and nutrition also becomes money. Obviously, most of us in New Brunswick, are feeling some sort of pinch because everything costs a trillion dollars per nothing <laughs> Yeah. so yeah just a combination of keeping all that research together and uh i did also try fasting for a bit there were days where i would wake up and just not be hungry and i yeah. and if i was hungry i would just drink water i think for me maybe other people would find this but i realized that food was an addiction for me Um, one thing that people might know but not really extrapolate from is that the human body can go about a month without eating. So I've known that for a long time. You can go a few weeks without eating, but then, okay, if I can go a few weeks without eating, I could probably go a few hours without eating. (laughs) Like if I'm hungry, I don't need to eat every time I'm hungry. I've just become you know, it's the same with cats and you got a 25 pound cat and it's like, well, it meows every time I don't feed it. Well, yeah, of course it does because you've, you've trained it to get hungry and then eat every time it's hungry. You don't need to eat every time you're hungry. Have a glass of water, do something, you know, journal right next to, I don't know, do anything else but eat. You don't yeah. need to be eating probably nearly as much <laughs> as, you, as you are. I didn't anyway. I shouldn't be speaking for anyone else. I did yeah. not need to be eating anywhere near as often and as much as I was eating.
0: sure it's your intermittent fasting yeah um i mean that's kind of the same thing with a lot of people we we eat when we're bored we eat when we're sad we eat when we're happy and right you don't necessarily need to eat all that much
1: eat and and drink when you hang out with your friends that's like a, a real uh thing that isaiah and i have talked about a lot like a lot of our social time is built around food and beverage
2: right and yeah it's it's i had to train myself to be actually interesting I realized like, most of the time I would just have a few pints and then, Hey, you know, talking about this, talking about that. But suddenly I'm not drunk and I'm not eating. So I thought, um, uh, and I'm sitting here like a lump on a log. It's like, Oh, I should. Uh, okay. Do I have a personality or was all my personality just eating and drinking and then <laughs> yeah. saying whatever I thought of when I was drunk and full. Old man,
0: old man Jesse came out. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: You can never catch me in woodchucks. I'm standing in line.
1: <laughs> exactly. And then you also worked out a whole bunch.
2: I did. Uh, I I had e- weight equipment before, and uh, I was used to working out in high school. My my father always had uh, a bench with you know a bench press somewhere and dumbbells, weights, something around that you could be lifting. Uh, So that's always been part of my life. And so I did start investing because all the money that was piling up from not eating and drinking, I thought, okay, this could be further invested. So I did buy more weights. I invested in my home gym. I did also finally get out of, I was very anti-public space for working out. Yeah. I didn't want to run into gym bros i didn't want to run into women who were posing and then getting <laughs> mad when someone looked at them in a public place posing so i had just invested <laughs> in stuff where i could stay home and do this myself but i did finally take the nestee plunge and get an aquatic center membership and it's a great place yeah. i love using the pool i love using the weights it's not as full as you would expect seeing seeing the gym culture online right it's it's not like it's packed Mm -hmm. these are regular people trying to do what i want to do so this place isn't actually that bad oh everyone's wiping the equipment down good because i was a germaphobe so (laughs) this is is great this place is nice
0: uh before you kind of wrap up here um for your dieting and things that you're doing right now do you feel it is a sustainable thing for you
2: It is, I have reached a sustainability that will last, which is redundant because that's what (laughs) sustainability is. But I find, I find what I eat and what I drink now I do like eating. And that's another issue is people bringing in supplements and shakes and, oh, I have to eat this or I have to do this. I don't feel like I have to do anything. Everything I'm doing, I want to do the shakes and the protein powders I eat are delicious. I'm also not very, um. I'll eat and drink a lot more stuff without complaining about it than other people. Like, Oh, I don't really like the taste of that. Like, okay, well, too bad. Like you bought it, eat it, or you yeah. bought it, drink it. And so everything I've been doing, there's no, and I do still go to McDonald's. I'll go to Burger King. I had pizza hut or pizza pizza twice last week because I, they came out with strombolis and I was <laughs> like, okay, I'm trying these and they're delicious. So I'm yeah. trying them again, yeah. but it's, if you find yourself cutting stuff and it's bothering you, then something's not right. And right. you need to do more research. Maybe speak to other people because you should, you should never feel crappy about, about what you're doing with your body.
0: Yeah. That's kind of what, part of our, our motto, you know, eat, live, move. You, you still got to live, right? If you're not doing things that you enjoy, then you're not really living. Are you
2: right? Well, and now I, I can go out with friends to the bar and I don't feel like oh i should have a beer or i'll be uninteresting it's okay well i've developed a system sustainability not only food nutrition and exercise but mental capability and just exploring the world through a sober lens basically
0: right
1: um and final question before we wrap this up is tell us about your success you've had some success what
2: the Success I've had is at the end of August, I was 226 pounds and I could bench press 240, but I was also huge. I don't know what I bench press now because it doesn't matter. I'm training to run the Fundy footpath in one go. That's a 64 kilometer run. I want to do it in maybe 12 to 14 hours and my bench press doesn't matter. So the the biggest success I've had is not getting overwhelmed. There's so much information uh, just just take it's it's so cliche but take it a day at a time research one thing and then tell yourself perfect i did it tomorrow you've got lots of time you got all sorts like the irony is i was getting overwhelmed thinking of coming on this podcast do i talk about recovery what what will i end up talking about it's like these are your friends you're gonna see them again <laughs> you might even be on the podcast again you will have lots of time to talk about everything that you're not going to get to talk about so yeah just go hang out with your friends have a good time make sure you're being healthy and it's all good yep. and it is all good
0: it Is uh well i think that is an episode uh thanks for uh, being on jesse we appreciate it no
2: problem i didn't answer your question i was 226 and now i'm 180 so i lost 50 pounds that was the success that's, that's no, the, no no yeah. but
1: the success is uh, <laughs> no i think you answered the question appropriately the success is exactly what you just said yeah um the success doesn't necessarily have to do with the weight loss itself which is why i didn't ask that right. question directly right okay. but but cool awesome that you lost 50 pounds because you feel great yeah
0: But uh, with that, uh, do you have anything you wish to plug there, Jesse, before we wrap up?
2: Uh, No, because part of this preparation is 2024 for me is all about planning for 2025. So I have a lot of stuff going on and nobody's going to find out what it is until next year because I don't want to get overwhelmed and get ahead of myself. And now I run out of content (laughs) after, you know, I put out the two weeks of stuff I've worked on and now, oh, cool, I have to do this now.
0: So, yeah. so we'll have you on next year to talk about your everything you're doing.
2: Oh, I'll come on again this year and just be really <laughs> mysterious
0: about it. Ooh, uh, Caitlin, where can people find you on the Internet? People
1: can find me at the Caitlin Dean on X at Cated or Kate D on Instagram. Caitlin Dean on Facebook. Uh, Fat Caitlin on TikTok and Kate and Isaiah living large is where you can find us <laughs> on Facebook.
0: Jesse, you got a Internet presence that people can follow you on? Uh, uh or you want them uh, to know you uh, exist uh
2: to determined to
0: be determined and <laughs> i say what about you <laughs> i am at maritime brews everywhere where you'll get to see all my traveling adventures that i've been on so far and all the lovely pictures that i'll be posting there so yeah come follow me there as well but until next week bye bye